Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Becoming Fully Human podcast. My name is Camille. Today's episode is part two featuring my partner, River Rudy. We talk all things love and partnership. It is a continuation of the Q&A from last episode. And yeah, I really hope you enjoy. If you do, please take a moment to review the podcast. It really helps me out. Okay, that's it. Enjoy. Okay, what are your thoughts on love at first sight? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to think out loud on this one Mm -hmm. because I previously, like before meeting you, actually I think there's maybe even we could talk, we could touch on two things on the concept of love at first sight and also on the concept of the one. Because they're separate, but they're kind of, they're definitely separate, but they're also kind of related. Mm-hmm. Like, can it be true that there's someone out there for you? And can you know instantly if someone's right for you or not? And before meeting you, I definitely would have, I have said many times, I don't believe in the one. Mm-hmm. And still to a degree, I believe that that's true because I think that without becoming the one, you wouldn't be able to hold the relationship you say you want. Mm-hmm. That like, yeah, I've, I've known about the kind of relationship that I've wanted for a very long time, but I hadn't become enough of the one. And I don't even think it's about being perfect because so much of the work is done in partnership Mm -hmm. but it is taking yourself to a place where you can actually hold the kind of relationship you say you want is is major Mm -hmm. but yeah love at first sight i don't think it's impossible because i think that well first of all i i trust life Mm -hmm. and so i do think life brings us to the experiences and partnerships and you know, everything that we need to grow and to evolve. And I'm definitely so curious how life would have unraveled had we bumped into each other in person. <laughs> like, we'll never know. But, mm-hmm. you know, the the nature in which we fell in love is its own story. And it didn't involve first sight, although to a degree. And no, I mean, you, yeah, you can get the whole story, the backstory on how, you know, how River found me and how we connected. It's it's on Substack. But even then, it wasn't like, oh, that's, you know, that's my partner. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's impossible, but I do think that the foundation of love isn't rooted in chemistry. Mm-hmm. It's a part of it. But for it to be a conscious relationship, and I think also maybe... Yeah, for, I'll finish my thought. For it to be a conscious relationship, it's about more than chemistry. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it's impossible to first fall in that, first have that chemistry bond and then for the values to line up. But I think more likely than not, it's about getting clear on who you are and what you're looking for and that ensuring that both chemistry and values are aligned Values and vision for the future, right? Because Mm -hmm. you could have aligned values and perfect chemistry, but if one person wants to live in the downtown city core and one person wants to live by the beach in Mm -hmm. a small town, 
they actually have different values. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. somewhat, somewhat. Yeah, I mean, a lot could be aligned, but they're, d- they're definitely, I think, a big part is the shared vision mm-hmm. of a future that you could actually see yourself building a life with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just what you want to create. Yeah. Because, yeah, and the values, like you said, the values could be the same or similar, but mm-hmm. it's also the how the hierarchy of values. What's What does each person right. actually prioritize? Right. And so I think that actually distinguishes the questions from the one and love at first sight, because I think you can also fall in love with someone and they're not the right person to be, to build a life with. Mm -hmm. So it's not to negate, you know, falling in love. And it's, it's always going to be different every time, right? Every time you have a different relationship, whether it's short or long or your life partner, Mm -hmm. it doesn't negate the bond, you know, that you've had with past partners, Mm -hmm. but to say that you can fall in love with someone fast is true, mm-hmm. but should that person be the person you build a life with? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. And so falling in lo- love at first sight, yes, mm-hmm. but also maybe define love for yourself. Mm-hmm. And also just, is this person someone I want to build a life with? Is it not necessarily the same thing as falling in love? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, totally. It depends on the word love and how you define it. Because, mm-hmm. sure, maybe it's love or maybe it's the, the trauma bond. Totally. Like, in a, in a lot of ways, I think any two people could fall in love. Yeah. Just because of the patterns we've mm-hmm. learned through our life and the, and the trauma bonding mm-hmm. that is so present. Mm-hmm. I think within most people, or at least possible. And so, yeah, I think it, it kind of ties into... The question I see next is, and we you talked about that a little bit in your answer, what is a conscious relationship? So mm. it's like thoughts on real love, conscious relating love mm-hmm. at first sight. Tricky. Yeah. Well, yeah, because think of when we define love, it's typically the relationship we witness by our primary caregivers, right? Our parents. Yeah. That is love. We're like, okay, mom and dad are in love. Mm-hmm. And that is love. And most people are playing out patterns that have been passed down through generations. Yep. And unintentionally. Unconsciously, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Like unconsciously. And I think that is, you know, for the next question of what is a conscious relationship, I think it's it's really about making mindful decision decisions for our life that aren't just repeated patterns. Mm-hmm. And one of the pillars of that is removing our projections from Mm -hmm. our own inner world and what we're projecting onto our partner, which part of that can never fully be done. And part of it's beautiful, you know, part of the, the concept of projections, I think really speaks to what you just said that you could like, technically we can fall in love with anyone. Mm -hmm. It could be a trauma bond, but also once we start to remove our projections, we fall in love with life. Like Mm -hmm. we start to realize that, I see myself in everyone, mm-hmm. you know, I, I find compassion for everyone. Yeah. And so conscious relationship to me is really owning who I am, you know, as a sovereign being in this partnership and taking responsibility for my beliefs, my traumas, my stories, my fears, and almost honoring the relationship as a third entity like there's Mm -hmm. you there's me and there's the relationship Mm -hmm. and how can we co-create something where all three are honored Mm -hmm. equally yeah that's great i like that 
And I like what you said also just about like a simple definition of a conscious relationship is it's not based on chemistry Mm -hmm. and chemistry maybe fits into that third entity. That's where there's room for chemistry and Mm -hmm. maybe it's not there. There's a good chance for it. Mm -hmm. If there's, if there's physical attraction to start and shared and aligned values, then I Mm -hmm. think there's a lot of room for chemistry. But if chemistry is that first thing that's recognized or, or desired within a, connection between two people then it's likely that maybe not likely but i think yeah i think there's a good chance that there's not as deep of a sense of awareness around one's values Mm -hmm. and one's vision for what they want to create in their life in relationship Mm -hmm. and well it's too easy when the chemistry is the leading factor to ignore Mm -hmm. the mismatch of the rest of what's going on, you know? Like, it's really easy to be like, well, yeah, but, you know, well, maybe I'll give it a little time. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's vital to not fall in love before you've, like, done the checking in with, like, is this healthy? Like, is this... yeah. You know? And you do that with yourself. Exactly. When you're single. Totally. (laughs) And then you do that with a partner. (laughs) Totally. And, like, too often we go into experiences, be it a job interview, a first date, where we're like, what I want is partnership. And, like, without getting really clear on what partnership means to you, like, back to the conscious relationship, I think that, yeah, like you're saying, the big piece is what do you want out of partnership? And then... Is this person able to meet that those shared values, that mm-hmm. vision, and that capacity to show up, A, authentically, but B, owning mm-hmm. the, the totality of how they show up to? Yeah, without you changing them a little bit. Well, <laughs> or I totally. could probably teach them that or rub off on them. Totally. Like, can this person meet my degree of commitment to their own growth? Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that everyone has that as a value, right? Like, we definitely share the value of of growing in our own journey. Mm-hmm. But some people, really, if they get clear on what they want of partnership, it's like, you know, hanging out after work. Mm-hmm going to the ball game on a Saturday and like, you know, whatever, whatever. There's some relationships that look super basic, Mm -hmm. but if that's what both of them are looking for out of partnership, Mm -hmm. then it's a perfect match, Mm -hmm. but it's making sure that you're not choosing someone who has a mismatched desire. And really it's the values, right? Like we value this kind of work. Okay, so that might have cut us off for a second, the audio. But yeah, basically we share the value of growth and partnership. And so making sure that if that's something that's important to you as a human being, Mm -hmm. to find someone else who wants to live a life in aligned with that value. Mm -hmm. Growth Mm -hmm. and healing. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of the picture for almost all of us. And that doesn't have to be a part of what you're looking for in a relationship. But yeah. We both strive for that. Yeah, and who like we both see the the container of partnership as the opportunity to be this place of healing. Mm-hmm. And that I think that this, you know, the audience 
and the people tuning in to listening to this likely share that. Mm-hmm. But just because you share that and you have that doesn't mean everyone else does. Mm-hmm. And so getting clear, you know, if it's a if it's a pattern you're playing out, like are you choosing people who don't share that value? And that value isn't good or bad. It mm-hmm. is a path. And so trying to force that onto someone else who isn't actually interested or capable, right? Mm-hmm. Someone might have an interest in it, but not really value it. It's yeah, exactly. Mm. It's different than embodiment, really. And it pours over. We'll get into more of these questions, but I think it pours over into other questions, such yeah. as mm-hmm. maintaining open and honest communication. Like mm-hmm. that's completely necessary. If and not even really necessary, but it's it goes hand oh, in yeah. hand with mm-hmm. us creating this container for growth and healing. Is we both feel so safe to be. 100% honest with each other mm-hmm. and the container is always there. Yeah. We can go to that question. So how do you both maintain open and honest communication, even when discussing difficult topics or emotions? <coughs> I think really, like you said, it's a value we share and it doesn't necessarily mean that like you have to meet someone who is a perfect communicator, but the desire or the value of communication as like one of the top priorities is important. If you're a communicator, I don't think it's, it's, I mean, communication is a two way street. Mm -hmm. And so making sure that if communication is important to you, that it is important to the person you're in partnership with mm-hmm. it definitely i think it paves the way for a healthy relationship i can't really see how not communicating would lend itself to any kind of healthy relationship to be honest no matter what kind of value system you have mm-hmm. it's just such a i think exploring the reality that as humans, we tend to probably as a protection mechanism, there's some wounding that you know most of us have. We fill in the gaps when we don't have full information. Mm-hmm. We fill in the gaps typically with the worst possible scenario. And so if there isn't clear, honest, and open communication within partnership, it can go to shit so quickly because of our own projection into the space that is you know, the, the uncommunicated things. Mm -hmm. And yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I definitely agree with what you said for. Yeah. For maintaining, I think it's such a, it's like an all or nothing really. Yeah. It's not in, in couples who are, maybe already together and they're wanting to work towards being more open and honest, then that's, that's a process and that's totally doable. But I think it really is a, just a, what's the word? It's, it's a, it's a frequency or it's just a, it becomes a baseline of Mm -hmm. we're always you and I open and honest with each other no matter how difficult or easy the topic is mm-hmm. and yeah, especially emotions. And if it's, if we're not 
doing that, then we usually can tell. Mm -hmm. And that's like a signal for, okay, something's off. What's going on? Mm -hmm. What's, um, let's talk, you know, let's, let's pause and let's open the container to, Mm -hmm. to be fully open and honest Mm -hmm. if that's not the case or something's being withheld. And do you have something? Yeah, it's tough because I'm just thinking, you know, as you're speaking that you can only communicate as well as you know yourself, Mm -hmm. like as, as clear as you are on what you're even feeling and thinking. Yes. And so, but even like, even if that's where you're at, even if you're in the messiness of not exactly understanding, Mm -hmm. which is definitely when I go quiet or something like if I'm processing something and trying to figure something out. Yep. You know, part of conscious relationship is not like word vomiting everything that you're you're thinking. Yeah. Because I'm so aware that when I'm, you know, when something when when I'm triggered or something's going on in me, that it's about me. Mm-hmm. And so projecting that onto you and letting you in straight away could be problematic because mm-hmm. I want to own what is mine. Yeah. And simultaneously just going quiet doesn't work because mm-hmm. it's about also communicating to you. Like, you know, yep. it's such a dance, totally. but the commitment we have within the container that is safe to be like, Hey, I'm going through this process. I'm going to let you in on this. You know, I have this belief and you may or may not be involved in it, but it's not about you mm-hmm. like that. And I'm in the loop. Exactly. Now, you know, what's going on inside of me and mm-hmm. you can, typically help me move through it very quickly, you know, mm-hmm. by, you know, by just talking yeah. about it with and, me. And there's no thread that slowly gets pulled on Yeah. of, oh, I wonder what she's going through. I wonder what she's thinking. Or I wonder mm-hmm. if there's something wrong that slowly over time mm-hmm. develops into like, oh, I'm not in love with you anymore. <laughs> Completely. And that is, I think, very common in relationships you where drift apart. people get blindsided. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. whose fault is that? It's hard to say. The totally. person who blindsided them or the person who was ignorant of it the whole time and didn't ask, but it's a co-creation. Yep. And we, I think that is a big part of the answer to this question is how do we maintain that open and honest communication? Like we address shit Mm -hmm. and we have a baseline of really great. Mm -hmm. And if things don't feel really great, then we check in with each other Mm -hmm. and maybe it's just low energy or maybe it's just tired or Mm -hmm. it's that time of the month or whatever it is. Totally. But we address it always. And I think like you said, we don't need to be thinking out loud constantly and, and telling the other person what we're going through. But that's how I feel as well as, and this goes back to the question of, the conflict in a relationship is just making sure I have the space to go through that process yeah. with myself yeah. and make sure you know that it's not about you and it's not mm-hmm. about the relationship. It's just about me and my relationship to myself and my processing that I can open up to you about, but that I don't tell you everything about because that's my process mm-hmm. or a process I can go through with the support of another man mm-hmm. and um, a friend or a mentor or completely whatever. And so I think that's a big part of it is, is, we have this like 99.9% openness and honesty with each other. Mm-hmm. But I've done that in a relationship and I've done it with you a couple times in a minor way, but like shared almost just a little too much mm-hmm. to where it either kind of shakes you up or, or, or makes you feel bad or hurts you. And it's just like, I didn't need to share those details. I can share with you what I'm going through, mm-hmm. but it's something I can process on my own mm-hmm. or process and go through with the support of, of another man but you know as a friend so i think that's a big part of it is having that self-awareness of 
totally what you're going through and and then just staying on the same page yeah like what is you know what is mine to process so that i can show up for you in Mm -hmm. the best way and like here's an example if i get jealous you know you do not behave in any way shape or form to make me jealous Mm -hmm. but i have wounds from the past and they still will like kind of like oh like you know just little like a little they'll poke up Mm -hmm. and so for me to not for me to bring that up to you in a way that makes you feel like you have to behave differently and it's just so common you know unconsciously we think well if 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 you just didn't do that Mm, then I would ignore every other woman in life exactly (laughs) if you I know exactly right Mm -hmm. like to what degree do I need to change my environment to not ever get triggered like Mm -hmm. never waste a trigger triggers are information if jealousy comes up first of all getting real with yourself right because the thing with with me in the past too is there was a lot of instances where it wasn't okay what was going on and I was exactly I was witnessing inappropriate things and staying in the partnership because I wanted to maintain the connection, you know? Mm-hmm. So now, get first getting clear when you get triggered, like, is this something, is this because a boundary has been crossed? Mm-hmm. And that's where communication comes in into play. If I'm noticing something that needs to be communicated, hey, you know, something you're doing is crossing a boundary or something is you're doing isn't okay with me. Mm-hmm prime place to communicate Mm -hmm. but if i'm getting triggered because of past wounds and past fears and you know childhood stuff and intergenerational stuff working on that with mentors in women's circles and sisterhood for me and flip side with men for you is Mm -hmm. what allows us to show up better in partnership Mm -hmm. and so knowing also knowing too that like at the end of the day if either of us are really struggling with something of communicating like hey you know this is a wound I have, which I've done with you and, and, and allowing you to come into my world and just to be mindful that I'm extra sensitive around something right now. Mm -hmm. And even just by connecting about it and talking about it, it is so helpful, but just getting clear on like, what is it? What is something that needs to be communicated and definitely never sweeping things under the rug. I think that's the, you know, what you were speaking to before about, we just, we know the baseline is great and if it deviates mm-hmm. something just has to likely be communicated or even communicated to the point of like hey i'm going through something don't worry it's not about you mm-hmm. i'm gonna you know talk to geraldine about it or whatever and like after the fact maybe we can un- unpack mm-hmm. but like doing so before can yeah it can it cannot serve the mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. yeah Okay. The next question is, well, I mean, we've kind of touched on this. We can just talk about it really quickly. Is, yeah, would you be able to be with a partner who isn't aligned with health and wellness? Mm. Do you want to start? Sure. Yeah. To answer simply, I don't think so. (laughs) But, um... Yeah, I think there's a fine line because for you and I both, it's such a big part of our life and mm-hmm. our work, professional lives, mm-hmm. and just 
passion. Yeah, built, yeah, passion built into our days within our values and everything. So, yeah, I think it really depends on the extent of the person asking this question mm-hmm. in the audience, like how, where are those values in your life? around health and wellness on your priority of values like what what do you because someone can be really value their health and make sure they get you know try to get good sleep and, and exercise and and eat good to their awareness mm-hmm. of of those subjects but then they also go out a few times a week and stay out late and drink mm-hmm. to be social and they enjoy that and there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. but maybe they don't even realize that they're actually valuing those things over their health. And so it really comes down to, yeah, I think where you're at with your values and prioritizing them and what's really important to you. And then, yeah, if they aren't aligned, if it's like a straight up, they're not aligned and they're into, you know, a lot of different things over their health and wellness, then I honestly don't think it can really work because I'm not interested in trying to change someone or or have them compromise and and I think a lot of people maybe can have healthy successful relationships where they are interested in different things but I think the values around health are a bigger topic within that mm-hmm. it and permeates so it, much yeah it permeates into every other part of your life and just how you think um mm-hmm. yeah what would you like to add yeah I mean I just agree I think in the day-to-day life it <clears throat> I don't even know that it's a value in of itself. I mean, I think there could be an argument that like health and wellness is a value, but I think it's, it's almost more like a language that is spoken Mm. through throughout values Mm. because it's not an end goal. Like being healthy isn't an end goal. Mm -hmm. It's a means to living a kind of life that allows you to live in, in your values. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, personally, I just think it would be too difficult in terms of like ease of, of meshing life with someone else, like meshing two lives together mm-hmm. when it comes to like cooking and, and all the quirks, like look at our house. Like we, mm-hmm. you know, we do the furniture free thing and the, the, the values of spending money on organic food. And mm-hmm. it would be very difficult, not impossible, mm-hmm. but very difficult to live a life with someone considering how much it's not only important to us, but it's like, it's a passion. Mm-hmm. And even this is something I didn't, you know, I, this side of me didn't really exist online when we connected is like even the gym, like, you know, nerding out on YouTube videos about like the best way to, you know, work the different glute muscles, like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff of really connecting deeply with someone and feeling seen mm-hmm. like that we have such a passion for not only health and wellness, but like a pretty niche version mm-hmm. of how I think that's one of the things you know, we share that has consistently surprises me is how aligned we are in terms of how we view the lens of health and wellness, Mm -hmm. because it's an enormous umbrella. Two people could value health, but you could actually have a vegan and a carnivore, right? Both arguing that they want to be healthy. So not only do we value it, but our view on it is so incredibly similar that it allows us to feel really seen. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I think um, another thing, too, is you could potentially have two young people early in their life taking care of themselves in different ways. 
and have a happy relationship and have really good boundaries on I'm okay with this person mm-hmm. doing life differently. And I think that's beautiful. Same. But then it changes when you procreate with someone. True. And you have to agree on something. True. On, okay. She uses the toxic shampoo. I use the mm-hmm. simple, what are the kids going to use? So true. <laughs> you know, and or how are we going to feed them? Or what are we going to teach them about parenting? It really does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carry over into a lot of different things. So I think it really comes down to how important is it to you? And if you do have varying varying approaches to something related to health, then it's do you really think you're right or do you really care to have the other person change? Mm-hmm. And if not, then are you willing to have long-term opportunities to compromise on a lot of things and, totally. and find a middle, middle ground? Mm-hmm. And or negotiate <laughs> on but, so many things. That's, I think actually... If you have that separation of someone valuing health and someone not, or even just valuing health in very different ways, I think it's very hard to negotiate Mm -hmm. because, you know, negotiate versus compromise. You know, we've watched that whole series on by Jordan Peterson on marriage. And he talks about how in partnership, you shouldn't compromise ever. You should negotiate. So Mm -hmm. like if I see it blue, you see it. I'm trying to think of. Like, what turns into yellow. <laughs> oh. Green, blue and yellow turn into green, right? Yeah. So I want it to be blue. You want it to be yellow. And then we create a green together. So the negotiation is a combination of what you think I think creating, you know, back to that mm-hmm. idea of the relationship as a third entity. Right. The relationship has a need that cr- is co-created by both of our beings. Yeah. And, and if, the solution, I think another thing was yeah. the solution needed to be better than both exactly. of the first people's initial idea exactly but if if there is someone who values health and someone who doesn't or two versions of health that is so dramatically different i can see it being very difficult to create that negotiation because your core lens of the world is so fundamentally different Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah that's it's it's hard to know because i haven't experienced Mm -hmm. it and i think maybe one thing that just came to my mind is an underlying value that kind of supersedes it and maybe needs to be more similar Mm -hmm. in a more pressing way is a value towards truth. Mm. If two people maybe have varying values around different things, but they have a similar Mm -hmm. desire for the truth or value for the truth, whether it's low (laughs) or whether it's high, Mm -hmm. I think it just maybe needs to be similar and they'll end up at the truth or they won't. (laughs) (laughs) Which neither is good or bad, but it's just that relationship. And built into truth is an openness to growth. Like Mm -hmm. you have to be, if you're devoted to truth as a value, you have to be willing to be wrong and grow. And so coming together with someone who's very different would be incredible for both people Mm -hmm. to challenge, you know, their thoughts in the name of growth. But if you don't value that, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're so right. Okay. The next question is how much flexibility do you think there is or can be when it comes to traditional gender roles? Mm. <laughs> I think there can be a bit. Not a ton. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think there's room for a bit. I think that it goes back to, like most things, it goes back to what the person values and what their vision is mm-hmm. for the, a relationship, what they're seeking, what they really want 
out of the relationship? What's the purpose of relationship? Mm. I think that's a question you asked or brought up when mm. we first early on, when we first began talking of like, if two people can have a similar idea of what the purpose of the relationship is. And that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for example, you and I, there's quite a bit of room that we create for traditional gender roles mm-hmm. in terms of the home we've created and tasks and the dynamic. But then also we both work mm-hmm. and we both are really passionate mm-hmm. about what we do. And we both have a very similar vision and what we want to create, mm-hmm. which there's, I think, innately is a, there's a lot of flexibility in that in general roles because mm-hmm. you are working mm-hmm. quite a bit. And and uh, for us, the generals fit more into, yeah, the home we've created and the tasks that we carry out. And I think that is a decent balance for it. Mm-hmm. And I think having less flexibility for it where where the woman may not work and the man works or having a lot of flexibility where it's where it's the other direction. Um, I think there's room for it. I think it really depends on, on what the people are looking for. And, and I think there's potential to, if the generals, if there's, I think maybe there is a point where there's too much flexibility and things become not the, the polarity of the relationship slowly dissipates. Mm -hmm. And with that, my theory is that attraction becomes more difficult to maintain and the spark and the zest and relationship and the novelty. Mm -hmm. Um, That's my theory, but yeah, I mean, I agree. I think we, we pretty much know that chemistry lives in the space between polarity Mm -hmm. between masculine and feminine. Mm -hmm. And there's no doubt that when things are 50, 50, there's no chemistry. If it's, mm. it becomes transactional, like it becomes like roommates, right? Mm. Where like, it's your turn to take out, it's your turn to do the dishes. And then it's my turn to cook. And mm. if, if that works for people, mm-hmm. then that's great. Yeah. But I don't think that works for people. I mean, I've never heard of it being like that ever. And there being like passion in and, the relationship. And to clarify, you literally mean like sharing everything. Yeah. Like really splitting it right down the middle. Exactly. Doing both doing equal amounts of pretty much of everything. everything. Yeah. yeah. And so I think getting really clear, you know, as a woman for me, as a man for you on what works and what doesn't mm-hmm. in terms of those roles and, and not actually seeing the the input and the output as everything being equal even when it comes to like very traditional being like you know woman homemaker cook clean takes care of the kids that's it and man brings home the money and that's it Mm -hmm. because you know in the modern world and as sovereign beings with different desires like i know part of my you know whether you want to call it us like astrological makeup human design me sharing and integrating, you know, my Capricorn North Node, bringing business, like merging the Cancer South Node of like family and home and connection and creating business out of that, like creating, bringing that into the world. 
is part of like my makeup. It's like visceral and it, it lights me up, but not thinking that like, okay, well, because I'm working, what are you going to, you know, what else are you going to do? There's just something innate in me as a woman And I'm not saying this is true for every woman, but the more I speak to women about this, the more true it becomes. Even if it's like deeply suppressed, is like we have a desire to be the nurturer. We are the nurturer. The feminine is the nurturer. And so Mm -hmm. doing the nurturing in the home and finding a way to make sure that I can be that role in our home is vital. Like it's vital for our chemistry, but also for my fulfillment as a woman. Like there's something about cooking for us that it's, it fulfills something in my soul, you know, and it's not like, it's not a task for me. It's Mm -hmm. not like, oh, well I did this. So what are you going to do? It's like a gift, Mm -hmm. honestly, to the relationship and to our bond and to our, like it, yeah, it fulfills me. And so getting really clear, I think when it comes to traditional gender roles, of what actually lights you up as a person Mm -hmm. and what can you gift the relationship that honors your essence. Mm -hmm. And I would, I, I want to think it's, it's probably true that the more traditional feminine roles are going to be things, not only that serves the relationship, but you as a person as well. Mm -hmm. And if that's not the case, I would be curious if the partnership is aligned. Like Mm -hmm. if, if cooking and cleaning you just hate, do, you know, as a, as a woman, uh, you know, if that just like does not do it for you at all, first of all, maybe that's just true, mm-hmm. but I would take a step back and be like, does it feel like I'm being like, is it, is it appreciated? Mm-hmm. Because I was speaking with someone about this a few days ago, like the energy it takes me to cook and clean is nothing compared to how much energy I get from like how appreciative you are. Mm. And like, the connection that it brings us and the comments that you make, like that fuels me more than the energy it takes to cook and clean. Mm -hmm. So there's something like, so yeah, it's like, so I don't even Mm -hmm. kind of like ebbs and flows, but it's, it's fuels itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, yeah, I don't think that there's anything innately right or wrong with any way that a relationship comes to be and how the tasks and and jobs and roles are divided but i do know that reconnecting with my feminine essence you know having been quite dissociated from that for many years of my life Mm -hmm. that was part of the work i had to heal really to be able to hold this relationship is yeah there's just a disconnection from the feminine that can lead us to think and believe things and participate that take on too much influence right from the society that says the empowered woman is a ceo Mm -hmm. and that it's really cool like you know that the stay-at-home dad thing is like is an empowered man modern man Mm -hmm. i think that if we really explore to our core and it doesn't mean there aren't bouts of both Mm -hmm. but just being radically honest with yourself about what you want and then finding a partner that will co-create that with you basically yep Mm. great (laughs) (laughs) um okay we talked about emotions and communication so 
The next question is, what role does mindfulness or self-awareness play in your relationship? Do you want to start? Yeah, I think this one is, I think it plays a massive role. I think it is, yeah, it's a big ingredient in the recipe. If you don't, if you forget to add it, to the to the batter it's gonna taste like shit mm-hmm. <laughs> totally um it's the sugar <laughs> yeah yeah i think i mean maybe we don't need to dig super deep i'm not really sure i don't know if i have any very specific thoughts coming to mind except that i think it's massively important and i think it's part of the process it's such a big part of the process of getting to know yourself mm-hmm. and and becoming intimate with yourself and your self-talk and your, yeah, the, the voice and your, and your being that speaks to you when you really begin to spend time with yourself and listen and, and, and develop yourself over time that I think is crucial to getting to know yourself and what you do value and what you want in your life. I think that is a huge part of it is is practicing the the habit of mindfulness and being self-aware and questioning your thoughts and being aware of of yeah your thoughts and what you're experiencing before you react to it and that whole process is completely necessary mm-hmm. i think to attract a partnership that's based on the things we've talked about, not just this chemistry, but but figuring out what you want and, and what is in alignment with you and then embodying it mm-hmm. because we attract what we are. And when we embody it, we will attract what we're looking for and a partner that also embodies it and who's ready to step into that thing in relationship. So that was, that was kind of a general answer, but I think it's a, a massive part. Yeah, me too. And, you know, like you said, it's so much work to be done ideally Mm pre-partnership. And it's, I've heard of it happening later in life of like, you know, really people who met when they were like 15 and they did it, they stayed together and they both grew in that kind of conscious and mindful way. It's not impossible. Totally. But if you start growing in that way and your partner does not, Mm -hmm. love walks away from that. Mm-hmm. If it's something that you need in terms of being met and you feel unmet because your partner's not like that and you you came to this, you know, mindful, self-aware place later in life or post-partnership, either you, you, you have to be radically honest with yourself. Can I hold this relationship and learn to love unconditionally? And if you cannot, love walks away because as soon as we start to like infantilize our partner and think we know better than them or that Mm -hmm. we're better than them. Mm -hmm. It absolutely kills love. Mm -hmm. And if it's an actual need, exactly. You can't stay without self-abandonment. Doesn't matter how many kids you have or what your life story has been. Love will honor the reality of what you can hold Mm -hmm. and let the part, your partner be that is the conscious partnership is like, I, and myself, you are yourself, and we've come together to co-create something that creates a safe environment for us both to become more of ourselves, but not through force. Mm-hmm. And so 
that mindfulness and self-awareness, it's everything. It, it, it is the, the foundation of our partnership. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons, yeah, like we've touched on, you know, throughout this podcast of how fast it went, but mm-hmm. in a healthy way because we share these values. And so we know that it's a safe place and that I actually trust you so wholeheartedly to be responsible for how you show up. Mm-hmm. And I know you do the same for me. There's not, there's never this, and it doesn't mean I'm going to show up perfectly Yeah, because that is not the case. Mm-hmm. We both are still activated by, you know, our life stories, mm-hmm. but I know that no matter what happens in the short term, that it will always be a catalyst for transcending it together and independently that, oh, okay, there's a, there's a road bump or we're having a conflict. I trust you that you aren't just going to be like, well, you know, glad that's over. (laughs) We both committed to our, our sovereign growth in the relationship, which is, yeah, what I think of when I think of self-awareness and mindfulness, that Mm -hmm. it's nothing swept under the rug. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nothing. And it's a, yeah, like you said, it's the, it's the foundation. It's every single day mm-hmm. we em- embody this mm-hmm. and maybe it varies day to day how much we embody it, but mm-hmm. it's an, it's a daily thing with each other. Mm-hmm. Start, it starts with yourself and then we bring it together to yeah. form. Yeah. Alchemize our relationship mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So if you're not, if you're not good with those two things or, or you don't feel confident in your in your ability to be mindful and have self-awareness then work on it Mm -hmm. yeah find some safe containers that can help you become Mm -hmm. the things you say are important to you Mm -hmm. and i think the yeah the first is the self safe container of just yourself just Mm -hmm. be with yourself totally drop the distractions and spend some time with yourself and listen so true so the next question is, in what ways do you practice gratitude and appreciation for each other? And how does this impact your relationship? Mm. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, like the love languages, there's all the different ways you can practice mm. gratitude, I guess, verbalizing it, doing acts of service. We do... I think we'd both do a little bit of everything, but I think, I think we both do a lot of everything. Yeah, a lot of everything, but I think we do a lot of verbalizing it mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think that is one of the most powerful ones for us is mm-hmm. verb just verbalizing mm-hmm. both gratitude and appreciation, especially appreciation mm. for each other on a daily basis and all that we do for each other. Mm-hmm. And I think. I mean, one, you have to feel it. You can't just make that shit up. True. So we feel it, and that's great. But if you feel it, fucking say it. (laughs) Don't let it go to waste. It's that simple. Mm. And, yeah, I I think a lot of the love languages we we connect over. Mm. um, But specifically when it comes to that, we definitely vocalize. Mm -hmm. And... Like, I remember even vocalizing to you, like, like telling you how grateful I am about how appreciative you are. You know, like, even that, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. gratitude of how grateful we are for one another. And not just the things we do. There's definitely that. And I, 
that's what I was actually telling you the other night was how much I appreciate that you don't ever let it go to waste. Like how literally every night you'll thank me for like getting the bedroom ready, you know, making mm-hmm. the be- having the bed made. Like you'll always thank me for making the bed, mm-hmm. even though it's something we do every day mm-hmm. or for cooking. Like there's, there's a consistent gratitude and communicating it, even though we know I do it mm-hmm. that. and vice versa. Like there's just something, yeah, there's something special about not taking the little things for granted. Mm-hmm. And more than that, though, also just communicating, like, how grateful we are for, like, the person that you are. Yeah. Just, yeah, whenever it comes, I think it boils down to that. Whenever you think it, to just communicate it. Because Mm -hmm. it it feels great. Yeah. And I think, I'm just maybe speculating or projecting, but if you're in a position where you don't think it ever or often... Mm then maybe you're not with the right person. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe you are with the right person. Maybe there's something else going on. Right. But, or if you haven't even comprehended that you could have gratitude and appreciation for someone in so many ways every single day, now you know that's possible. So find right. the right person. <laughs> right. Because there's totally. someone out there who can give you that. That's so true. If you can do the work yeah. to attract that into, mm-hmm. into, I think, same thing. It starts with you. Be grateful Mm-hmm. for yourself appreciate yourself and mm-hmm. how far you've come and and who you are and and vice versa if you are if you are appreciative of your partner and never feel appreciated like you can feel appreciated mm-hmm. if that's something that is important to you and that you feel underappreciated i mean for for us it's like it's it's actually like fuel you know to mm-hmm. it is just so uplifting and to feel seen and wanted and desired and appreciated. And it, I can speak for like, you know, like I would, what I was saying earlier about cooking or the dishes, it brings a kind of joy to the mundane tasks, knowing how much it offers mm-hmm. the other and like silly things, just like you taking out the trash and taking the bin out, like mm-hmm. just, showing appreciation for that makes the task itself so much more pleasant Mm -hmm. it does yeah even though they're like mundane things we have to do every day Mm -hmm. it becomes a gift really when which it kind of is right like if someone gives you a gift you're grateful there's like the thank you but we tend to just let I think as a society in general, the the mundane things will like will you always do that do I really have to say thank you every day and it's like actually you don't so if it's yeah. not natural and you don't feel like saying it, it's not about that. But I think like I think that's so true what you said about it's possible to have a kind of connection with someone so magnetic that like you just want to appreciate them and mm-hmm. verbalize it and for it to be known. And so you take every chance. Yeah. <laughs> you get. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we do I mean we do it all the time. Same with you you mentioned being desired and like, well, there's, there's an ongoing conversation between us on appreciating each other, having feeling gratitude for each other and feeling attraction towards each other. You know, Mm -hmm. we're always, we're just connected constantly Mm -hmm. whenever we are around each other. And 
yeah, I think that's, I think that's possible for anyone. Me too. And the last question is what advice would you give other couples seeking to create and maintain a conscious and healthy relationship? Mm. Would this be couples or individuals? Mm, yeah, it could be couples who, oh yeah, I guess it's people, it, it would, the question is More worded incorrect. towards, yeah. Yeah, so it's what advice, a better question really would be, what advice would you give people or anyone seeking to create and or maintain a conscious relationship, conscious and healthy relationship? I think we've talked about <clears throat> a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, but do you want to add anything more specific to wrap it up? I think, yeah, we've, we have talked about a lot of things and I've mentioned a few things that I think are quite important multiple times, just your relationship with yourself and, and overcoming your struggles in life, your fears, your patterns. We all have them. And yeah, I think there's, there's really no way around it. You know, the, the, the treasure we seek, whether it's the relationship, is in the darkest cave or whatever the quote mm -hmm. is. You know, it's, it's in the where we're most scared to go mm -hmm. and where we have the most resistance. So whatever you feel fear around, whatever you struggle with the most, whatever triggers you the most, explore it. Mm -hmm. Become comfortable with it. Get to know yourself even deeper. That's this life and is, I think, just getting more and more opportunities every day to get to know yourself better and learn more about yourself. And yeah, really, that opens up the opportunity to not just connect with someone, but to be open and honest with someone on a deep level is, is having that awareness with yourself and also the desire to, to take things mm -hmm. to a deeper level. Yeah, kind of just adding to that, and we've spoken about truth as being uh, an enormous, if not maybe the pinnacle of what it means to be in a conscious relationship, devotion to truth, because I think that when you do let that be your guiding force in partnership, you won't, A, sweep anything under the rug. Mm hmm be hide or minimize parts of yourself thinking that you know you can manipulate the outer world to get the outcome that you want like there's something about truth that makes us have the hard conversations mm -hmm. that makes us communicate you know the appreciation there's just truth is the driving force ends up bringing to light what needs to be brought up yeah. and dissolving what needs to be dissolved. You know, this it's spoken about by many people, Esther Pearl being one of them, that you're going to be in like five or six relationships in your life. And that can be with the same person, but it mm. requires the relationship to die mm -hmm. in the name of truth and be rebuilt in the name of truth. So like 
undoubtedly you and I are going to go through probably some pretty crazy shit in our life, Mm -hmm. you know, and it will require versions of the relationship to die. Mm -hmm. And I think too often what happens in, in partnership is either people aren't willing to go through that death and risk the relationship ending in the name of truth, not knowing that that actually gives birth to a more authentic version of the same relationship if both partners can show up. Mm-hmm. And if they can't, then the relationship had to end. So never like wanting the relationship but not needing it, I think is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Is like if you need the relationship over truth, right? Then distortions start to happen. You ignore things, you sweep things under the rug, mm-hmm. you omit things. But when you truly love someone and want what's best for them, truth, yeah, truth has to just be a, a guiding force. Mm-hmm. And trusting that if both partners are willing and able to stay together in the name of truth, that no matter what happens and what versions of the relationship have to die, that mm-hmm. what will be reborn is always better. Yeah. And we're both, we've talked about this, both willing mm-hmm. to go through what we need to go through, move forward and not Mm -hmm. retract from, from fear and pain and Mm -hmm. struggle in the relationship. We both have accepted that we know it's going to be the biggest challenge of our lives Mm -hmm. likely. And, and we're going to lean into it and use it as a vessel for growth Mm -hmm. and support each other in that. And um, yeah, also for what I mentioned, I think it also the advice you'd give individuals, I think it does also vary for men and women. So mm-hmm. I can speak directly kind of what I mentioned and what I've kind of mentioned throughout the podcast on this topic, I think definitely applies to men in terms of figure out your stuff, figure out yourself, build a relationship with yourself, really get to know yourself and what you're looking for, what you want. And don't worry too much about like be open and and follow your intuition and and connect with people but don't worry too much about about experiencing everything with all these different you know partners or or making that the sole the sole focus of your life is finding the partner like find yourself really and just mm-hmm. and figure out what keeps you waking up in the morning excited you know find that thing find so many of these things that i had spent a lot of time with myself working on figuring out what i'm passionate about and what makes me curious and knowing also keeping your eyes peeled knowing what you're looking for and and figuring out over time what you're looking for Mm -hmm. and um i think it it probably differs maybe you can speak to that as a woman it's just a different process i think Mm -hmm. yeah it really, the way that we came together was so honoring of you being a man and me being a woman. And I think too often we will slip out of fear into the opposite role. And I can speak mm-hmm. to myself as a woman. And especially, you know, you hit a certain age and you're like, oh my God, my mm-hmm. time's running out. But the reality is that when we slip into that fear that place of fear and 
the kind of desperation mm-hmm. that will, you know, A, ignore misalignment in partnership because what we're being driven by is the fear of being alone as opposed to the desire for partnership. It's really, although the outcome is partnership in both cases, it is driven by um, two completely different energies mm-hmm. and we can't make intelligent choices when we're operating from fear so becoming at peace with yourself you know in a in a very similar way to the the masculine process Mm -hmm. but in a way where you can trust life enough that if you want to be claimed you know and not in a possessive derogatory you know old school (laughs) way but in this this evolved you know david data speaks to it the evolved third version of of polarity you know the first being where both are manipulating one Mm -hmm. another in these traditional roles the second is that 50 50 no chemistry Mm -hmm. and the third is stepping back into these traditional roles but from a place of empowerment where Mm -hmm. we gift each other our our wisdom your masculine essence my feminine essence but not for not through a desire of manipulation and if you have that if you're a woman and you want to be wanted, desired, like really claimed, you know, do the work to soften, Mm -hmm. to not operate out of desperation, because I know that's part of what was perfect with our timing and how our paths crossed so seamlessly is I, I wanted what we have, but I did not need it. Mm -hmm. And that also, I think, takes the pressure off of Mm -hmm. like, you know, had we met, you know, back to the beginning conversation where I said, like, are you ready for what you say you want? And you said you didn't know, you know, you thought so, but Mm -hmm. fundamentally you didn't know. What continued in that conversation between us was that if there ever is a point in our partnership where you have that um, desire to run, Mm -hmm. and I've communicated this to you, it's like, I will be here and I will work through anything with you, but I will not run after you mm-hmm. because the partnership of a, that we're, that we're building together is, you know, for, for lack of a better term, cage seems like a trap, but it's, it's a cage with an open door mm-hmm. where we know, and we can build a home here and we're safe and we can, it's familiar and we can grow together, but it's not a trap. And I think too often times the feminine will bring out this wound, the typical, you know, masculine fear of of losing their freedom Mm -hmm. by not having our capacity to love in check Mm -hmm. and confusing unconditional love with conditional love. Mm -hmm. So for women, the biggest advice would be to really understand love and how you show up in love and what love is Mm -hmm. and that unconditional love is not a prison. Mm -hmm. It's a safe container, but it is not a prison. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely just one last thing to add. I can definitely attest to that too. Your feeling of wanting it and not needing it. Even though, even just when we first connected, when we barely knew each other, I could just, mm. I could just feel it. And it was something that made it all work mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, now I see that of you not being like, oh, I, hopefully this is it. Cause 
you know, time is a factor. Yeah. It was just like, hmm, I wonder if this will be it. Mm-hmm. And then same with how you responded to, I'm there for you, but I will never chase, you know, and that's mm-hmm. something you could, people could easily say, but not really feel or embody oh, or yeah. mean. And, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, that wasn't the case for you, <laughs> <laughs> which all, you know, it's felt, it's a felt sense and it all mm-hmm. is a part of the equation. Great. <laughs> that's a wrap. Cool. Thanks for the questions. Yeah. And we'll do this again. I think I, there's so much we want to talk about that is beyond partnership too. Like Mm -hmm. really one of the reasons we connect so deeply is our shared values of health and movement and nutrition and spirituality and Mm -hmm. the quirking things about our home. Like there's just so much to talk about together. So we'll have to keep doing this, but definitely the first go had to be all about relationship Mm -hmm. so thank you (laughs) (laughs) bye